Welcome to today's edition of the Blazing Grace Show with your trio of hosts, Jason Grace, Rob McIntyre, and Mike Janung. Blazing Grace covers blazing issues with grace-filled answers. Whom the sun sets free is free indeed. Here are your hosts, Jason, Rob, and Mike. Who are those beautiful people up at the mic singing songs to us and with us every Sunday morning? Worship leaders, they're all perfect, right? Well, we're going to find out the truth today that musicians can actually deal with sexual addiction too. I mean, this is kind of interesting, Rob. I mean, we've got musicians and sexual addiction. I mean, what what about plumbers and sexual addiction? Uh, well, I, I don't know if we can make a correlation there, but definitely with music. Okay, well, we're about to find out, but uh, this is Jason Graves along with Rob McIntyre and Hello, Mike Janung. Look who is back in the studio. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Hey, what's up, guys? Yeah. yeah he went to California, South, South L.A.? Or? No, I've been holed up in a, in a hole in the wall somewhere just writing a book. And Well, it's good to have you back. Trying to get it done, and thanks for putting up with me being gone. And We missed you. We did miss you indeed. But today we've got some exciting stuff, and it's going to be good to have you back in the fold because uh, I'd like to have another person, non-musician type person mm. here in the studio with us. We We've should got, say that we have two June babies' birthdays for this month, don't we? This from the studio. Oh, that's right. And that our that's listeners right. should know yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. Oh my goodness, yeah, that's I am very kind turning of you. forty-three. Forty-three, uh, man. And, and I'm what, old. What day is that, Ron? June seventh. Okay, and uh, I will be thirty-five on June twenty-first. Well, happy birthday, guys! Thank well, you. thank you, thank you. Happy birthday to me. Okay, well, enough <laughs> about me. Uh, what do you think about me? No, just kidding. Um, let's go to our guests. We've got two special guests here today calling in. We have Jay from Oklahoma. Welcome, Jay. Thank you. We have also Brian from Arkansas. Hey, guys. How are you? Fantastic. Good to have you guys. And uh, we're going to let you give a little bit more uh, introduction in just a second here. But uh, Jay is a worship pastor, and Brian is a worship leader. And they're com- they're coming today to help us out to discuss musicians and sexual addiction and uh, i don't think that we're gonna it's gonna be like al capone's vault or anything like that i don't think we're gonna be like uncovering this missing link that oh my gosh there's you know there's a there's a there's an issue here but uh i just thought about this show because i many men were coming to me that were in mm-hmm. worship type positions mm-hmm. and I just thought wow i wonder how many other people are out there that maybe they don't feel like they can talk about things so mm-hmm. Um, Jay, why don't you start us off? Just tell us a little bit about who you are uh, in, in terms of in recovery sense and then in the terms of the worship sense. Okay. Well, um, I'm 43. I grew up here in Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm adopted. Um, at, at a very young age, uh, my, my mom uh, made sure that I knew that the people at the adoption agency had said, don't be surprised if he's uh, very musically inclined. Hmm. So there was no pressure there. Right. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, grew up uh, taking lots of lessons, guitar lessons, piano lessons, um, being involved in, in a little bit of choir at church. Uh, but but mainly, uh, and then later on into school, being involved in uh, band and things like that. And things just really came very easily to me. So whether it was the power of suggestion or or what the adoption agency had said was correct, um, uh, musical instruments just really, really came easily to me, and, and I play, uh, you know, quite a few different ones. Hmm. Um, then um, 
as as I got uh, into a little bit of a rebe- rebellious streak in my life uh, in high school, I got involved in a, a rock band. Um, really realized that uh, guys in rock bands pretty much uh, can live the rock and roll lifestyle, even in a small town. Mm. And um, rock and roll lifestyles are breeding grounds for mm-hmm. addictions of all shapes and sizes. Hmm. And, um, uh, you know, and they're uh, very ego-driven hmm. uh, things in in rock and roll bands and rock and roll lifestyles. And so, anyway, went through quite a few years of that, uh, got involved with my wife uh, as a result of being in uh, semi-touring rock bands um and going going throughout the the south here a little bit Oklahoma mainly a little bit in Texas and mm-hmm. and uh got married to my wife after after uh having uh our son our eldest son later finding out why he was a year old in our wedding pictures All let right. me put it that way yeah and um so anyway um having carried an an addictive uh, outlook on life, really. I mean, I've tried to fill uh, that, as we all call it, the God-shaped hole Mm -hmm. in my heart for years with everything. Um, Ended up even uh, being rebellious enough to do a little bit of a crime wave in my life. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, Always been a smooth talker, a fast talker, uh, a people person, Mm -hmm. you know, a people pleaser. Um, and, uh, ended up, uh, I grew up in church, you know, as I said before, but then, um, got really saved, um, and while I was married to my wife and, and really God started showing me that, um, the gifts and talents that he gives us can actually, con- the tools he gives us here, I can use them for good or I can use them right. for bad. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Really, um, you know, it's a decision uh, to do that. I made that decision, and and I went a long time. And the Bible says He'll give you the desires of your heart. Mm-hmm. And and you know what? I'm making a full time living now, playing the guitar at a, at a church here in Oklahoma, and and leading a praise and worship team. And uh, He's given me the desires of my heart, but I, I had to really start following Him. And mm-hmm. but yet. Uh, in the meantime, still having problems with um, the correct way to to uh, to uh, handle my sexuality. Mm-hmm. Jay, what are some specific ways in which you struggle? Was it with porn or promiscuity, or or, or how did you how did you get kicked in with all this? Well, um, what I guess you'd say I was diagnosed with <clears throat> mainly was sexual anorexia, and uh, but. Yes, I, I'd had the problem with uh, porn all my life, uh, uh-huh. off and on, you know, not 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 to the point of spending thousands of dollars, but where it was it it was a uh, steady part of my life, off and on, you know mm-hmm. what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, grew up being exposed to it at a very young age of uh, probably ten or so, um, and um, uh, really uh, not. Um, not doing a lot of acting out sexually with other partners. Had had a few girlfriends on and off through high school, mm-hmm. but then getting involved in um, 
a, a rock band that r- rolls into town, plays at a, a bar where it's full of people, and, mm-hmm. and you can, you know, there's no reason to turn temptation down. Mm-hmm. And um, especially when you're not living right. right. And, and, yeah. and uh, so anyway, I uh, uh, ended up getting involved with counseling centers. Uh, my wife basically gave me the ultimatum. I'd had a little bit of an acting out period, you know, and, 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 you know, wanting to do what's right, yet feeling like I had no control sometimes. Right. And uh, found out that I really, you know, uh, had some problems I needed to look at and, and uh, thank God for praying wives and, mm-hmm. and wives that are willing to, to uh, stick by their commitment and their vow that they Amen. made to their spouse. Right. And, uh, Amen. So uh, anyway, I got involved, and it was an eye-opening thing that I don't, you know, we're, we're talking about using first names here. I don't care who knows right. that I was in it. It It is such a freedom-bringing mm-hmm. thing to my life. Amen. And uh, then got involved in the call-in groups uh, with Jason, uh-huh. and uh, and it's like a band of brothers Amen. in those things. And we're, we're uh, battling this thing called life out and uh, not letting the enemy win. Right. And I want to just explain for those of you who aren't familiar with anorexia in the sexual sense or the relational sense, it's just the intentional or subconscious sabotage of intimacy in in the relationship. Um, Let's go ahead and hear from Brian and then we'll come back to Jay and kind of compare notes a little bit. But Brian, you know, you're single. uh, You you grew up in the church. You are a worship leader right now. Um, Give us a little bit uh, more breadth uh, to your story for a couple minutes here. Sure. Uh, Grew up in Arkansas. I've been here most of my life. Uh, preacher's kid, PK. Um, how Ooh, I got involved with music, <laughs> my mom played the piano. And uh, ah. we would always, as a family, got an older brother and sister, we'd always sing together. And uh, so I kind of got musically inclined at a young age. Yeah. Uh, when I was seven, I was sexually abused, didn't tell anybody about it, um, uh. didn't know exactly what had happened. I just kind of shoved it under. But continue to be involved in church, of course, you know, mm-hmm. being the minister's son, you're in church every time the doors open. Mm-hmm. Um, when I got into middle school, started playing trumpet. Uh, so, you know, kind of added on to my, I guess, musical repertoire, if you want to say that. But continue to sing, and, and people continue to say, man, you got a great voice, you know, you ought to do this, you ought to do that. And I just didn't think, well, man, you know, I'm not, I'm really not that good. I just didn't have that self-worth that, right. that I, you know, didn't think that I was really that good. But uh, from there on, really, masturbation was always a problem with, you know, for me growing up. I, my dad was pretty strict, didn't go to any school dances. So, you know, I always found a way to act out and, and kind of keep that hidden. So I started developing this other part of me that, that I didn't want anybody to know about, yet continued to go to church all the time. Uh, the, the doors were open. Went to college there at uh, my hometown and graduated and then went to grad school. Um, and at that point, at grad school, I, I discovered the Internet, and that's when my addiction just kind of went full-blown. Uh, I started looking at pornography on the Internet, which eventually led to chat rooms, led to 900 phone calls, and just continued to spiral down. All the same time, I'm going to church. I'm being involved in choir. Mm-hmm. I'm singing specials. Uh, people didn't know that side of me. And so I kind of developed, I think, what I've told Jason, kind of a Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde complex. And, uh, you know, put on my game face every time I went to, you know, church and 
people ask me how things are going, I was fine, you know, mm-hmm. I'm doing, doing well, but at the same time, I wasn't doing well. Fine, and, the, Christ, the Christian F word, yeah. right? Okay. <laughs> exactly. <All> right. <laughs> yeah. And then at the age of 26, uh, tried to commit suicide, took mm-hmm. an overdose, and uh, didn't want to deal with the issues. Didn't know I had an addiction. Wow. I don't think it was called an addiction at that point. Mm-hmm. And I uh, really didn't get the support I needed, didn't know what I was dealing with. And, of course, things continued to get worse. I mm-hmm. uh, got in a high-stressful job uh, doing retail management. And, you know, it, it just it just continued to spiral out of control. Yet at the same time, I'm going to church, and my voice continues to improve. Mm-hmm. And um, one point, uh, I moved to southern Arkansas, and the church called me. And uh, started leading worship. Really mm. enjoy that. Been doing that for six years. However, there was this addict, and this addict was just getting bigger and bigger mm. as every moment went by. In this past year, I mm-hmm. found myself in a position where I wanted to, you know, to end my life again. Didn't want to live wow. this way. Mm-hmm. And I knew I had made promises uh, to people ten years ago when I was 26. I would never do anything like this. And I called a friend of mine who was also a recovering sexual addict. I had gotten treated. Uh, beforehand, but didn't follow through and wasn't totally committed to the program for sexual addiction recovery. Called a friend and said, hey, you need to call this guy named Jason Gray. So I did, and, and uh, you know, I've been talking to you, Jason, now for the last two months, and it's just been wonderful, you know, mm-hmm. how, uh, you know, you can actually start living a healthy lifestyle. Yeah. But, um, you know, this is a gift that God has given me. You know, I still sing this day. My voice continues to improve. I know there's you know, a plan for that. Amen. But I was tired of, you know, being this other person. Yeah. And and no one knew about it. Very few people knew about it. And it was just catching up with me. Wow. Right, right, uh, right. I got so, a question. So, I got a question sure. for you guys. Uh, you know, knowing, totally identifying with your guys' story, isn't it interesting? And, and I want to hear your feedback on this uh, from both UJ and Brian. But don't you see that you kind of set yourself up for a bigger fall by... Uh, you know, as a worship leader or a singer, people have this kind of idea that you are so spiritual when you do those those um, those specials or the choir or you lead worship. And mm-hmm. and I remember that there were a lot of times where I really felt the I felt I thought like was the presence of God. And actually, I do believe it was the presence of God. And there was something about being in that in that place of leadership. But it always made it harder for me to want to confess mm. because of kind of like this drop of my angelichood or, or sainthood, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and, and then the other thing which you said, Brian, was that there wasn't really much support. So I'd like to just hear from you guys. Do you guys identify with the fact that you guys had kind of this image, mm-hmm. you know, and was that harder for you to kind of come to deal with this addiction? Yeah. Uh, for me, you know, I, I told Jason this a couple months ago, uh, one of the church members said something to the effect that, you know, Brian, you've got a great voice and God's got a special plan for you. And I'm standing up here in the pulpit at the end of church, and I'm thinking to myself, if you only knew. Right. You know, I was like, you don't have any clue as to what is going on inside of me and the things I've done. So, yeah, that that has always been a big uh, sticking point for me. I, I just never believed that. You know, that if only people knew and, and if, if the mask came off, what would they think, mm-hmm. you know? And I always had a preconceived notion of what exactly would happen, that I wouldn't be loved, that I'd be rejected mm-hmm. and, and could never really be used of God. So that was always in the back of my mind. Mm. How about you, Jay? Well, um, being uh, coming from the secular world of music into um, – 
the praise and worship arena. I can see that um, ego, if 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 not checked, can get out of control. Uh-huh. And and uh, you know, praise team leaders are the rock stars of the church. I yeah, mean, mm-hmm. I mean, everybody looks up to them. Yeah. They want they want to hear from God through their through their leaders. And mm-hmm. and and the music is such a powerful thing. And 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 we know that God knows that. And uh, Satan knows that too. Absolutely, he mm-hmm. was. The, you know, you heard the old joke. He was the worship leader up yep. in heaven. Yeah, and, right, and, right. Uh, mm-hmm. So, you know, I. I sit there and I see the music we do in our church is real contemporary. I mean, it, it, there's a lot of rock guitar in it, and, mm-hmm. and uh, I see the kids. There's a lot of you know young people in our church, and some of them are just enthralled by watching a guy play the guitar and and that rock star image. And right. and I, you know, I'm kind of like Brian. There's a part of me, you know, I'm sitting there crying out to God, God take this part of me away. I don't want this part of me, you know, my, this fleshly thing that's, that is hindering me. And, and, uh, there's a lot of work involved to, to lay that stuff down. And, and we need practical, uh, application of tools to, cause you know, praise team leaders, pastors, they're, they're men and women too. They're human beings. Yeah. And people put us up on this pedestal sometimes, you know, and we can preach sermon after sermon about don't put me up on a pedestal, but people still do. Yeah. Right, right. And so, um, yeah, you got to be real careful in this, in these leadership areas. And, and uh, so I don't know. Well, it's tempting, you know, I mean, we're talking about pride, you know, and, and, uh, and so, uh, gosh, I mean, you're up there, you've got this adulation, all this attention mm-hmm. and, You've got this image, yeah, and I mean that's a that's a tough spot to be in, yeah. and I worry because I mean I know that like in some structures you you do the worship and then you get together you break up in small groups right. Well, what are the musicians doing when everybody else is you know doing small groups? They're you know tearing down or they're setting up or right. you know it's like they got other stuff they're doing. And some, sometimes I wonder if if even I mean and, and this is a question more for, for you guys, but are sometimes people who are doing worship or music are they sometimes malnourished spiritually in the church? I, I think that's a I think that's a good observation because I think a lot of them are, mm. Jason, and I think a lot of them we get our church experience from being, you know, kind of celebrated or mm-hmm. having the adulation. It's it's really intoxicating. Right. That's one reason why I just felt like God wanted me to put it on the shelf because I was so intoxicated by it, and it's so easy to be pulled up to the front without right. having maturity. Right. But what what do you think about that, Jay? Well, um, you know, I, I hear of churches that will actually hire secular musicians hmm. sometimes to just to fill the slot on a Sunday morning, wow. and, and and in hopes, you know, that that person will be influenced uh, by godly people and hmm. he'll get saved. Uh, wow. But but um, you know, here in our church, all of our musicians have been raised up out of the out of the congregation, and uh, uh, so. Do you, yeah, it, it, it can be an ego trip. I are, mean, are you responsible, Jay, as as being a uh, worship leader? Who feeds them? Who's responsible for the the nourishment of their of the the worship team? Well, we are a, a group that uh, I mean, a, a church that has small groups, cell groups mm-hmm. here in the church, and all of our uh, worship team is in uh, small groups. In you know, not not all in one; they're all in different uh, little small groups throughout the church. So, um, but you know, there is a, there's a, uh, 
high demand on them to keep their spiritual lives in order. And and I'm the leader of that. You know, and like Brian was stating earlier, sometimes there's a guilt, there's a Jekyll and Hyde thing there where you're right. going, man, I'm, you know, I'm struggling with this in my life. And then you then you come to find out I've. This is just an example. Had a gentleman come up from the congregation to me one day and say, um, "Would you be able to speak about this?" And he gave me a uh, a thing he had gotten off of the internet about because he said my son has been struggling with uh, with pornography, and I just thought, "Oh God, you work in mysterious ways, but, oh, they're, yeah. not, but they're not that mysterious." <laughs> yeah, right. Because God right. was reading my mail. Amen. You know what I mean? Amen. Well, here's a question with just a couple minutes left. Um, what do you need to do? Uh, what do you need to do if you're in this position? I'm a worship leader. I'm a worship pastor. I want to get help, but I have no idea what to do. I don't, you know, that's a good question. I mean, first of all, I think you need to find somebody, in my preference, with somebody outside the church, somebody that is a good Christian, uh, maybe somebody that is in leadership uh, at another church or somebody that yeah. you know is going you can confide in and, and, and talk to about. Right. Uh, because if, if you talk to somebody in the church, uh, you don't know what the reaction is going to be. Right. Do so, your guys' staff um, know what, and, what you've gone through? Does anybody, does anybody on staff at the churches you go to know where you've been? My, my pastor knows. Uh-huh. Uh, my former pastor knows, my pastor now doesn't know, and there's one or two that I've told about but haven't got specific with uh, as far as the addiction. So you got to find somebody is what you're saying. If you can't find a pastor, obviously, listen to, at the end of the show, Rob's number will be on there, mm-hmm. my number will be on there. Right. Um, call somebody. Rob, you're a therapist. You help people with this every day oh, and, and you've got this background. Why don't you really quick give out your phone number? Listen, if you want a, a great counselor, um, you can meet with my uh, with Rob over the telephone. And uh, I mean, you're talking about somebody who's not only come out of sexual addiction, but who, somebody who can relate with you on this level. Sure. It's one eight seven seven five nine three one one six six. And I'd just like to encourage you, if you are struggling with it, uh, you know, First uh, John one nine says, if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Right. Now, one of the traps that worship leaders get into is they think that by just confessing that sin, they can get back up next Sunday morning and things will be better. And, right. And that's not true. Well, we need to wrap up. But, Jay, Brian, thanks so much for being with us. You're welcome. Awesome. Thanks. You're welcome. You bet. Well, listen, uh, if you want a related show to listen to today, um, we've got a taping on April 29th about sexual abuse. We talked about that a little bit today. Also, these guys are using their past, and and God has got them recovering to something, uh, and that's something redemptive. Um, And he's using their skills to now uh, heal people as they walk faithfully with that. And uh, we did a show on December 31st on uh, Redemptive Vision. So just go to blazinggrace.org forward slash radio.htm for all of our archive shows. Um, next week, tune in. We'll be doing a show on sexual abuse. And uh, we'd love to have you uh, tune into that. Uh, you want to come to an Everyman's Battle Conference? There's one coming up in June in Atlanta, uh, June 23rd through the 25th. So go to newlife.com or call 1-800-NEW-LIFE. 
Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time. Thank you for tuning in to this edition of The Blazing Grace Show. We trust today's broadcast helps bring you closer to God and to what God desires for your life. Blazing Grace is a listener-supported mission intended to help listeners around the world. Your support is vital in keeping that mission alive. We ask you to prayerfully consider sending a tax-deductible gift to Blazing Grace. It would be gratefully appreciated. You can send your monetary gift to Blazing Grace, P.O. Box 62521, Colorado Springs, Colorado, 80962-2521. That's Blazing Grace, P.O. Box 62521, Colorado Springs, Colorado, 80962-2521. Want to learn more about Blazing Grace? Find us on the Internet at www.blazinggrace.org. That's www.blazinggrace.org forward slash radio dot htm on that page you'll find a downloadable copy of this show or you can visit oneplace.com under ministries look for blazing grace radio if you want help resolving a sexual addiction you can reach rob mcintyre and jason graves toll free by dialing 877-590-SOUL that's 877-590-7685 desire for a specific subject to be covered on blazing grace tell mike janung what you want covered. You can email Mike at Mike, the symbol at blazinggrace.org. We look forward to sharing more blazing issues and grace-filled answers next time. Thanks once again for listening and may God shine his grace upon you. I am free. I am free. I am free. Yeah, I am